Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, you have joined us on an auspicious day. This has been one of the longest mornings I've (laughs) ever had in my life, and Townsend is sitting across from me, half having a long morning because my morning was long, and the other half having a long morning because life really is too simple for it to be this complicated. And so we are just talking about things before we hit record, but... Regardless of them things, we are so thankful. I just said them things. I'm trying to fit in. I'm he trying is. To He's trying in. to be a redneck down here in the South. <laughs> and we, y'all? Wa- we want y'all to know we're happy to be with you. We appreciate yes. you. We are. I am super grateful for you. I'm I'm actually excited that um, I, I, I planned on uh, the topic that we had last week. Thank you all, by the way, listening to that and sharing that. We always, always, I cannot tell you enough, and I, and I know that it borders on sounding pretend, but I cannot thank you enough for sharing this with people and encouraging people to have these conversations with us, with one another, just by participating and listening. But it actually had a counterpart discussion that I I fully expected to do. But then today happened. And when today happened, I was like, you know what, we need, because my response to something that happened shocked even me. And when I say that, I'm the preacher, everybody expects me to be cool and level-headed. And after a very not cool and not level-headed moment, I had a a mental conversation with with God, and I was like, "Huh, that's something we we need to hold on to more." So that's actually what we want to talk to, but it's going to require me telling a story. And before I get to that story, can I just say how extremely proud I am of my partner because she has been asked and has accepted speaking to a whole host. A group, how many people is going to be there? Be honest. I don't know. I mean, what you think? There's probably going to be a couple hundred signed up. I Ooh, doubt. And, I and doubt all of those they, show up. But they're going to have families, and they yeah. going to. Oh yes, sir. She's going to speak, and she's going to speak according to what the Lord says. She's been asked to share. Do they call it a devotion or what? Are they? they call it Cowboy Church. Okay, and she yes. is. She's going to unload at Cowboy <laughs> Church. He and might should say he's proud after the no, fact. Or no, I'm I don't proud know. right now. I'm proud right now because I know that there was a time where she wouldn't do it. I know there was a time where she wouldn't even have been asked. And so when when I got a text that and, and my wife had told me that she had said she had been asked to do this thing, there was, forgive me if you think it's a sin, I don't. There was a great deal of pride for my girl because I was like, yes, sir, that's what happens when you will be the one who takes a stand, you'll be asked to take a stand. And so I told her, I said, you can only guarantee you get asked this once, so you better strike while you get the shot. And so she, I've shared with her some a thought, and she's shared back that that was already what she was thinking. God is in the midst of what she's preparing to say, so I, don't, I couldn't tell you where it is. I couldn't tell you why it is. I know it has <laughs> something to do with cowboys and rodeo and all that stuff, roping barrels. I don't know. I just know I am incredibly proud that she said yes, that she's been asked and willing. Thank you to whoever you are out there that asked. If you listen to this, hey, thank you. You you have brought she about. She does. That's well, how she even thought okay. to ask. Then you out there, you have brought yes. about something that I have prayed for. And so God's used you to make it happen. God used Townsend over here to be willing to do it. And I, I expect only some real life conviction 
at a rodeo cowboy church because God is is willing to drop the hammer anytime we're willing <laughs> okay, to be Okay, so I'm going to play this portion Might of well. this podcast. Play, do it. When, right before I get to go up there because I'm Sunday? scared. You yes. do it. Well, play this. Okay. And, and anybody, you're going to play this for real in the event that you are going to play this for real. Anyone who is listening to this right now, every word that's going to come out of Townsend's mouth that day or this day, whenever you're listening to this, God put it there. And I'm proud of her and I'm proud <laughs> for anybody else that's in that in that situation who would be willing to do the same. We're desperately in need of hearing the truth, and we're desperately in need of letting that truth be applied. You know, it's one thing to hear it, and the Bible even says we're accountable once we hear it. You know, you you can't say, oh, I didn't know. You heard it, so now what? Well, now I'm accountable for not just having heard it, but did I I let it be applied to my heart? Did I let it be applied to my life? And I love this podcast and that situation for that, because accountability— Yes. And and even my better half says this all the time. He's noticed through coaches or whatever it's been with sports or my father through, Mm -hmm. you know, horses and my job and and especially with my Christian walk, um, accountability is what keeps me just striving and going on forward. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is what keeps me going. And so this podcast does that because we know that you guys are all listening and you're in support of what we're doing. And so we've got an accountability factor there. But then this is opening up a whole new can of worms of accountability for myself. So yes, thank y'all. I'm glad for it. So if she, if she really does, play this, then y'all give her your ear because you're not listening to Townsend. You're not listening to Mr. Townsend's wife. You are listening <laughs> to God use a young woman who some of you or at least others would have years and years and years ago heard and said, not her, but yes, her, but not because she's her, because she let God be him in her. Amen. And I hope that makes sense, but yes. she's going to bring fire because God is bringing fire. <laughs> Guys, today today's topic which requires a preacher man story that happened less than six, less than five hours ago, is, uh, you know, I've started naming all these on whatever, so, so that you can easily tell what we're going to talk about. So on sacrifice, on loving your family, on whatever, so you easy to know. And I'm, I'm, I, I kind of quit trying to be cute with the titles because it's easier to be obvious than it is to be cute and funny. Well, this one is on suffering and being attacked. So I want to talk about the topic of being attacked and what that means as a believer, because it's going to, I'm going to tell you the short version of a lots of detailed story. It even involves Townsend long before it involved me, you know, I guess. But I want you to hear a part of it because I want you to know what God, what, what God needed to tell me after. So today, my, I have three children. I mentioned that who knows how many times. And my oldest has... Uh, he spent some time on a walkabout, if you know what that means, and most of that walkabout has come to an end. My son is uh, active as a student at a community college right now, and he is a, he lives away from Sunday afternoon till Thursday afternoon, and then he's at home. He rents a home and that, he, that he's actually actively in on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Well, part of what brought my son back from a walkabout, I'm not trying to overstress something. I'm just telling you how I see. And the reason I'm going to say it is because when he did what he did, I thought, this this dummy. My son, who didn't have a job, who had been not living with mom and dad and and was on this walkabout, decided he was going to buy a dog. Now, if you've (laughs) ever bought an animal, that's a responsibility. 
And the more the, the animal weighs, the more the responsibility. All right. Mr. Townsend has a great deal of responsibility because his animals weigh hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Do horses weigh tons? Um, I know. No? Okay. But hundreds of pounds for Close, sure. Close. Okay. But no. Well, I have a responsibility of my main man, Gus, and he weighs all of 11 pounds, maybe. Okay. So less of a, but still a responsibility. Okay. Well, my son. Because every man, we have to confess, we wants we wants a big dog. <laughs> this boy buys a German Shepherd. Now he doesn't just buy a big dog; he buys a dog that everyone by default sees as a military killer. You know what I mean? Like they, in the movies, they're the ones that attack the bad guys, that sniff out the drugs, all that. This Ooh, is the yeah. biggest whiny baby <laughs> dog. You know, <laughs> he has such a deep bark, but he is not. Just a just a big baby. He just whining all the time. Well, the reason I bring that dog's name is Kobe. And the reason I bring him up is at the time I thought my son yet again has done this moronic thing. But I believe that part of what has saved my son's life is that dog. And I am going through lots of different difficulties to keep that dog as a part of our family and his life because that dog saved my son. Part of what that dog's job was is he saved my son. He woke up the son that, that I thought was gone. And, uh, and I owe that dog that because he is sweet and kind. The dog is madly in love with my wife. And, uh, and he's, it, I owe it. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tend to this animal. I owe you. It's what I, when I look at him and it's just me and him sitting in the carport, I have said a couple times, look, boy, I owe you. And so we're going to make it work. Well, um, where my son lives, and Townsend knows intimately because she is uh, she's connected to the property that my son lives on or and in whatever the words are uh, we have who i'm going to refer to as friendly neighbor and friendly neighbor has had a more challenging life in the choices maybe that he's made and the way that he's interacted with people now this morning last night my wife sleeps at my son's rental home so that she can, t and this is part of the deal. Look, if that's what it takes, then we're going to work this out. And so she's there, and it's fine. She sleeps, and she lets she lets Kobe out into the backyard, which that's part of the story. I won't tell how this, this is a strangely shaped yard, but no fences anywhere, really. She lets him go out to go potty in the morning, and she's standing right there as the dog is maybe four or five feet away from her, just having been... Through hundreds of dollars of obedience training, by the way. <laughs> and, and, but he's sniffing around, you know, walking around because he's about to do business in the morning. He suddenly spins around really fast like he's dancing in one spot and then looks around curious and then goes back to sniffing. And right before he dances around, my wife hears a, like a quote unquote gunshot. So she comes, she locks him in the carport. She comes home to me and she says, someone just shot Kobe. What? I say. And she said, not with a gun, but I think someone, I think friendly neighbor <laughs> just shot Kobe with a BB gun or a pellet gun. So I tell her to get ready. And I said, I need you to take me back over to the house. And what I wanted to do in my head was find, find the bullet, find the pellet, find the BB. That's impossible. Okay. It's been raining for only the Lord knows how long around here. <laughs> yes. And it's wintertime, so weeds and things have grown. That was even worse than a needle in a haystack, okay? But, I, but while I was out there, I said, honey, show me where the dog was. 
And so she said, I can't exactly tell you, but it was in this area. And then I looked down and I could see his footprints in that area because it's muddy. And I said, okay, well, then I want you to stand right here and I'm going to take a picture of where the dog was in vicinity to our property. And you understand that's my son's, but still he rents there. But anyhow, our property and where this friendly neighbor's property is, like his house, because I, I'm, I'm figuring that this is probably going to be a, a, a bigger problem. Well, she stands there, I take the picture, and we begin to look around on the ground. And I, and I even say, I told her, I was like, this is a fool's errand. We ain't, <laughs> when I go find anything. Well, I look up and friendly neighbor is standing on his back door patio, which is very elevated because the ground slants down. It's on a hill. And he just, language-wise, lets me have it. Now, I'm going to use the word holler. But that doesn't, I don't mean I yelled at him. I just spoke loud enough to be heard from across this very long yard. Did you realize that when you shot at that dog this morning, my wife was standing there? Because my concern is, I, I, I understand it's a BB gun, okay? I'm not that big of a baby, I, I guess. But when I was a young boy, I played in, in the, when my dad would take me where he grew up out in the country and there was a kid out there with one of his friends and we'd play, I shot that kid with a BB. He shot at me with a BB gun. I did that because I was a child and I was an idiot. Now that I'm past 40 years old, almost to the middle of my 40s decade, I realize that that's not good. But here's two grown men, one of them saying, hey, did you know you shot that towards my wife? It could have, once it's left, like any bullet or projectile, once it's left the barrel, you, you can't, con- what if it had ricocheted and gone into her eye? What if it had gone into her ear? I don't even think it had enough momentum, to be honest, to hurt the dog. It just made him think, hey, something touched me, you know, and I didn't see it. Well, because we're far away from one another, I stepped forward to be able to hear him because he is cursing and yelling at me from his back door. He took that stepping forward as a threat. And so he said, oh, so you want to be a big man and make this go somewhere else? And he walks into his house. I thought, I think I might get punched here at 745 in the morning. My wife thought, I think my husband's about to get shot. So uh, cutting out a bunch of details, she calls the police. The police show up. They unfortunately have already, they know this gentleman, regrettably. And I talked with him. I tried to talk with him. I, I, I tried to be reasonable. And you're going to have to take me at my word. I'm not trying to flavor this in on, on my benefit. But I, I not only know who I am in this community as a pastor, but I know who I am with Jesus Christ. So I, I'm not cussing him. I'm not fussing. I, I'm trying to understand. And he has way more problems than just Preacher man, okay, preacher man's son's dog. Yeah, way more problems. Everybody around him is a problem, all this stuff. And, and we, we being next door to this property in a business sense, have had multiple issues, I will say, with similar situation going on with friendly neighbor. Yeah. Um, so that this is not just a one single right. incident. And it's, that was something I was trying to say to him even this morning. I said, sir, this has nothing, all of that has nothing to do with me. And I literally just wanted him to recognize that what he had done was wrong. You don't shoot at someone. That's, I don't care what you're shooting at them with. You don't shoot at someone. But, I mean, he, he, all, all he wanted to tell me was it was just a BB gun. And so <laughs> I even got threatened to be shot. And so long years ago, my wife got threatened to be pistol whipped when we lived in New Orleans. And so I told her this morning, now I have my badge as well. So Because he <laughs> wanted me to know what kind of arsenal he had. If it came to that, and I, t- I said, sir, I don't want to know how many firearms you have. And I also feel like you just threatened to shoot me. And he said, well, you take it how you want. You know, whatever. Okay, okay, okay. I'm 
then I'm, you know, the police walk around. He, t- he real fast wants to go back into his home. We back and forth. I don't speak to that gentleman anymore. I am so amped up on adrenaline. I can't swallow. My mouth is cotton. My throat feels like sandpaper because there's no, I mean, and my wife knows the way to my heart. So by this point, it's nine o'clock. It's almost nine o'clock in the morning. And she says, you want to go get some biscuits and gravy? (laughs) But I'm too juiced out on adrenaline. And if that's never happened to you, the last thing you're, I'm like, no, I'm never eating again in my life. I mean, I I don't feel anything like hunger until we get to church and I start cooling off. And then I'm like, I feel like I'm about to eat this stone bench right here. I mean, my, it was funny, the flip flop. Well, on the way from where my son lives to church, which Townsend, no, it's not far. We're talking maybe two miles, three miles. I don't know. It's not very far. I'm just sitting in the car. And as we drove past friendly neighbor's house, and again, y'all got to, you got to take my word for when these things happen. There are, there are occasions where I have heard the Lord speak audibly. This is not one of those, but very clearly what I'm feeling and thinking in my heart is not me. I, I'm driving past this man's house. There's still a police car in his front yard. And just undeniably, I, I can feel my father saying, man, I love him and wish we could work on that. Who this is why preacher man he is in charge of consulting with me because that's why I stayed inside and didn't go out there. <laughs> I'm thinking because to my, I would have turned a deaf ear to my creator and been well, like, "Well, I, I, I my response was he threatened to kill me, and and then the Bible opened up in my heart, and this is where it opened to. I don't know. You don't have to have it memorized because I got it open right here. He was oppressed and afflicted, and yet he did not open his mouth. And like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. In, in other words, I'm thinking, but he wants to do harm to me. And the first thing God says is, they did the same thing to my son, didn't they? And then it goes further a little bit. That's Isaiah 53, 7, by the way. But then it goes further in my heart to verse 9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was a rich man in his death because he never did violence and he hadn't spoken deceitfully. And I thought, you literally want me to try to help that man who just threatened to kill me. And God's response in that moment was, because that's what I did for you. And so I'm not, I'm not watching these little little audio blops that I watch every time we record this and seeing it flat back and forth, ready to know that some of this is about to record me telling you what, what I'm about to do. I don't know because I'm still taken to God. Yeah, but he tried to kill me and he could have harmed my wife, which from some husbandly point is worse in my head. I, I don't know that that even makes sense. But And all I know is that God said, yeah, you did the same thing. You wanted to hurt and maim and kill me, and you did. And I loved you, and I, I sure wish we could fix this. And I, I thought, <laughs> I don't ever want to really see this man again. And I don't even know, I, I don't know how that gets fixed. I don't know how you, I don't know. How do, you, how, do you, how do you reach somebody that's that far out of my reach? And so I thought, you know what? The church needs to be attacked more so that she can respond with gentleness. Now, the police, the policeman. I, you know, I said, sir, I'm not, I'm not in fear of my life currently. But the man did threaten to basically shoot me, and he said, "Well, I want you to understand, in this state, you have every right to com- to protect yourself. 
And I said, I, I understand that. And I'm not saying that the, my point of view this afternoon is that the church should be murdered. But I, I do wonder how much time do we spend trying to avoid harm so that we don't get hurt when the Bible tells me that even without justifying it, Jesus silently went to hurt so that we could all be saved. And, and, and I always end up coming back to Jesus saying, now go and do likewise. Now go and love them the way I love you. I mean, I immediately found myself wishing I could understand why that guy is so broken. And you know, like this coming up when it did is something that I needed to hear. Um, I've just been dealing with myself in a bad attitude for several weeks, and I really don't, I can't pinpoint why. Mm. But this in and of itself is my number one struggle. Um, you know, when things are going pretty smoothly or it's all happening to someone else, mm-hmm. I am super good at, I'm really good yeah. at just diving into that scripture mm-hmm. and let's kind of talk it out and we'll wait on Jesus. And I really think this is a situation where this person can, can have an encounter with Jesus. Right. But when it's me, when the suffering is coming to me, mm-hmm. the very, my very first response is deceitful talk. And literally letting myself not realize that I just need to shut up. And so I love that the Bible or that the Lord took you to that spot in the Bible, because the bottom line is, you know, he didn't say anything. He didn't have anything to say about the people who were doing that to him, knowing that he was the one who was right, you know, Mm -hmm. with us. There's still there that question sure. of whether we're right or wrong. And like like today. I mean, I, I, I ought to point out, the property line is very confusing, but the house that my son rents maybe has the skinniest, strangest shaped backyard ever. Okay? Yes. And so the man is not, when the man was upset about, he's, you know, the dog was in my yard, he's not wrong. And I, I was even trying to say, sir, you have a point and I can, I can solve that. You know, uh, you're not wrong because I've come to you upset about what you what you did in the in the in the vicinity of my wife, and you're upset about the the dog coming over. It's like one of those yards where it's four or five people's backyard, but there's no fence. It's just one big area of land, and he sees this line in his head. It was very obvious. He has he is very confirmed in his thinking where those property lines are. I don't uh, like. <laughs> I was just trying to have a conversation with him, and I thought I had moved. No lie. I thought I had moved away from where he was angry about you know us being, and he still fussed at me and said, you're still in my yard. And I looked down, and I thought, there's no way. I mean, I'm, I could reach my hand out and touch the wall of the house almost. And, but he was, but, but you, like there, he's not wrong. Jesus is the only one who, when accused and when attacked and when, when all of that was thrown on him, had every right to say you're yes, you're wrong. One hundred percent without question. And his response was silence. Yes. Now that doesn't mean silence as though he didn't answer questions, because he did. So when Pilate asks him, you know, are you who you they say you are, Jesus conversed with him. But what when Jesus was being attacked verbally and physically, and I, I'm not, please don't turn this off and think that guy thinks I ought to go take a licking in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that. Because I'm not Jesus. I understand there are limitations to what I'm going to be able to accomplish. But when Jesus was attacked, he said nothing. We always want to get, I, I don't think I said this on the podcast. I think I said this recently in church. Forgiveness is not our natural results. 
Like, this is not where we naturally go. When someone wrongs me, or when something is wrong between me and someone else, I don't naturally go to, oh, let's forgive one another. Oh, it's vengeance every Correct. time. Correct. I, I need yeah. to get back. In fact, I, when we pulled into the driveway before we go out to take the picture and all this starts, I told my wife, I said, you know, the problem that I'm having right now is I have a temper. Now, it takes an extremely long time to back me into the corner, but I have to confess before God and everybody, you can back me into a corner. It takes a really, really long time but if I get backed into a corner far enough, it's bad. And my son is worse. <laughs> my son is Townsend. Okay. Yes. So he's ready to snap. And, and, I, and so I called and talked to him and he was up, I'm going to leave. And I said, no, you're not. Because if you come back with the attitude you have right now, there is literally no difference between you and friendly neighbor. And that's the point that God was trying to make. And that's the I, point we don't want to look right. at. I don't want to I don't want to recognize that yes. that if I if I step to this, I'm just like you. And God needs me to not be. That's why Jesus told the disciples, when you get arrested and brought before the courts, I know that you're not going to know what to say, but don't worry about it. I'll speak through you. I am run un, I don't know that I said everything right when I talked to this gentleman this morning, but I know the words coming out of my mouth weren't what I wanted to say. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but if you're laying on every every word is accompanied by the F word directed at me or my wife or my son, I got a limit. Like like I figure most people do, I got a limit. And so there comes a point where I want to give you some of the Fs that you gave me back yeah. because I'm human. You know that old joke about... Some guy took the preacher fishing and, and he said, and he telling his buddies, yeah, we were out on the boat fishing and he got a hook caught in his thumb. And everybody's like, oh my goodness, what did he say? And the guy says, he said the same thing I would have said, you know, like it was a shock that, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a guy. And so of course I want to give back what's being given to me because, hey, you're not going to get me dirty if you don't get dirty too. That's my mindset in that moment. But Jesus is, because I'm, I, I'm recognizing that all I want is an understanding all I want is for you to recognize that you did something you shouldn't have done. I've already recognized I did something I shouldn't have done as far as this arbitrary line and nobody's out here and my wife is with the dog. You know, I understand the dog looks scary. I really do. That's why he's never alone. That's why he's never not. And that's why I spent so much money to make him come here regardless of what's happening. And uh, But um, anyway, that spurred in this thought in my mind when Jesus did speak. Okay, so you have a couple of examples, I know, but when, when Jesus did speak, one thing that he said was to Pilate. Pilate asks him, are you really who, you know, if you're you who they say you are? And Jesus, a couple of things, he says it's true, and Pilate questions, well, what's truth? Pilate is a Stoic, if you know what that is, it's a Roman philosophy, you can look that up if you want. But, but Jesus points out what could be that he chooses not to be. Jesus says, you, need to, you should know that at my word, a legion of angels could come and solve this problem. And it's because I say nothing that they don't. There's something about having the power to do it and not doing it that we're being taught there. That I think God wants us to know, not in the face of, of just pure evil. We need, you know, nothing is, is cut and dry, black and white, even the way I wish it was, because we need to take up arms against evil. We need to speak back against evil. We need to push against all of these carefully colored lies so that they'll look like the truth and everybody buys into them. And then we're not questioning why we act this way or that way. We do need to fight against that. 
But there's a lot of fights that you and I are probably engaging in where we really should just shut our mouth. We really should just be silent like a lamb because God is going to speak for us in those moments, even if there's nothing said, to the point that after the moment ends, we might be willing to let God soften our heart because I can't, it's, uh, that this, this all happened before 8.30. Like I, I'm, I'm getting cussed out in the, <laughs> in the yard at like 8 o'clock this morning. And as of we're recording this, it's like 12.50 in the afternoon. Well, between then and now, I can't not, I have continually thought, what all has hurt that guy? Because he didn't respond like a normal person, like a normal response. There's a lot of pain. Is there a lot of other, could there be substances and addictions? Could there be sufferings? You know, I don't know. My, this, I keep being left with, what's hurt you? What hurt you so bad? And the man in me is like, why do I care? You wanted to hurt me. You wanted to hurt my wife. You wanted to hurt my animal. I mean, why do I care? And I care because I recognize there's something more to me than just me. And I got to get out of its way. And so when I think about being attacked, how much work in the kingdom have we avoided because we weren't willing to be hurt? We weren't willing to be attacked over Amen. it. And, and that, that includes the person sitting beside me in any given situation who's doing wrong and I act like that's none of my business. Yes. You know, that's, it is my business. Townsend's haven't had to hear me say this already. I, I started, I, I, I don't know, I'm weird. So I don't have it memorized. And if I did, I wouldn't try to say it from memory. But John Donne wrote a poem and the title, the, the very beginning. We've all heard the beginning. We've all heard the end. No man is an island un, or unto himself. And, and at the end, ask not whom the bell tolls for, it tolls for thee. The point of that um, poem, though, is that if one suffers, the whole suffers. Now, you look at your life, look at the life of your church family, and don't just look at whatever congregation you call home. Look at the body of Christ. Do you see suffering there? If the answer is yes, and I'm sorry, but if you say no, you're not looking. If the answer is yes, then the, the, the point of view that John Donne is trying to make is, if I see suffering there, that suffering is mine. I'm suffering. If I see a wife who's weeping over an unfaithful husband, my, my, my relationship is less because the husband is, 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 is running afoul of what God created him to be. If, if I see a parent whose child is on a walkabout and my heart doesn't ache with them, then I'm ignoring the fact that it's my son on a walkabout too. And I, and I, I know that's probably foreign, especially to an America where, you know, your neighbor is allowed to do what they want to do as long as they do it in the comfort of their own home and it's no business of mine. But that was a lie. Yes. That's, and that's, that is, and I have just really come to realize this. And it's so annoying to me when God reveals these things to me. And I'm like, why in the heck have you let me be this stupid for this long? And you didn't, <laughs> you know, make me aware of this before now. But there are things that I now see that are clearly the devil's trickery mm -hmm. that I was not aware of before. Right. Things that even make me stumble. Things that I do mm -hmm. that I'm like, I have let that no good sap sucker trick me again. Right. Like literally. And so God has revealed so much to me in, hey, child, this is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And you're listening to that over there. That ain't me. Babe. Right. That's not me. And so... 
the way that I'm more aware of it now is because I talk to him more now. I read more of his word now. Mm-hmm. But how do I make sure that uh, Joe over here understands the same thing right. if I'm over here just tending to me and mine because that's none of right. my business? Well, but here's another interesting way of being lied to is so you step out and you and you you accept and I've watched you accept. And I'm talking about you personally now, not just an average you, not just some random you. You have accepted that that person's suffering is is part of my suffering, and I I want to be helped. So I'm going to go point out that I see that, and there's better, or there's a there's a cure. Let's say, well, that person's response, trained by society, is how do you have that kind of audacity? Yes. But see, we're trained to respond to the person. Because it gives us a way to ignore the fact that they just told us the truth. Well, and you know, the thing that we do on the flip side of that, and what I've wanted to do when it's happened Mm -hmm. is, you know, you've went with the best of intentions. You've went to where God told you to go. Right. Well, when you didn't get the result Mm -hmm. you thought you needed, you then retaliate in a way that God never intended. And so I know this happened to me one time. I, you know, had contacted a friend of mine. They were having, you know, some family stuff going on. And I had reached out to her husband and, you know, just made a comment, Mm -hmm. just, you know, reached out. And he was very mad at Mm me. Mm -hmm. And luckily in the moment, I don't really know what Well, the Lord came over me and kept my mouth shut in that instant. Mm -hmm. That normally doesn't happen, listener land. But (laughs) in that particular situation, it did. And I didn't retaliate against him or whatever. I just let it lay, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. said what I said and knew that in my heart that it was because I loved him and his whole family. And, um, you know, it was a long, long time, Mm -hmm. like years later, um, that situation was brought up and Mm. it was like, you know, you said this once or you did this or, you know, and it, and it was okay. It ended up being okay. Everything worked out, you know, and then in the situation where you step out there and God's called you to do something and then you don't get the result and you do retaliate, Mm -hmm. which is what I normally do. That is my normal reaction. It ends up creating more issues. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that like when we, Take on that role of, hey, I am my brother's keeper. You right. talked about this last Sunday, and I am I am going to really be praying about this. And whatever God has put on your heart toward friendly neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably not going to get the result Mm-mm. you want on no, the front end of for that. Sure. I mean, well, I, that's why I don't just of, see that going. Part of it well. is you want me to get that again. I mean, you want me to go ask exactly. for more of that? And just, I'm telling y'all in listener land, that's what he's going to get. Now, I don't know how mm-hmm. many times it's going to take or how long God's just going to keep that at the forefront of his mind to keep trying. But the first time, it is not going to be good. And so we have to remember, you you just got to keep doing what God said. Exactly. Don't try to go after our results. Don't try to, you know, when, when, our, when the suffering takes place, Go after the eternal goal. The eternal goal is win souls for Christ, Mm -hmm. be a disciple for Christ, glorify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so if that's the the driving force behind all of our stuff, whether it's suffering, pursuing, doing, fixing, whatever, then we can kind of step back on cruise control once we've done what God has told us to do and not feel like then we have to retaliate when the result. Right. We also have to respect that sometimes we're the one that's going to be on the receiving end. Yes. And that whole, and it's humanly nature why I hate, I'm sorry, I hate using that like it's some sort of an excuse. 
And I've tried to have that debate with multiple people, super smart people, that no one's changed my mind, and that's perfectly fine. I hate when somebody says, well, I'm just a human, or that's just human nature. I don't care. God came to change my nature. So I, 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 begging my broken nature as an excuse for why I behave a certain way is bunk. I don't like it. But being human, part of that weakness and part of our society is that's none of their business, and how dare they say something? Well, you got to fight against that. Because if someone's had the courage, I'm not talking about busy, I know you can poke holes in all this because nothing works 100% of the time, but somebody has the, the, the surrender to God to come to you and say, listen, I've seen the way you talk to your children, and I just want you to know that's not godly, and you're, you could be so much better. And those situations don't happen all that often. So nope. if you're somebody that feels like God's telling you to do that all day, every day, that ain't Check God. It. Yeah. Be, there, like How I said, do there's I know a, there's I'm a, speaking from experience? <laughs> there's a busybody level of this. And, yes. And there's, an, there's a reason why the Bible says we speak the truth in love, okay? that's all. And, and, and it's so important that you talk to him exactly. before you talk to them. But there's a huge line there. I want to I, I wanna push back on the, how dare you? Well, that's because I know you just told me something I know already. Yes. I just don't want to know that somebody else knows that. And here's the problem about being attacked and at least from my point of view, and not only because of today, but from my point of view, like, I, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but I'm super excited. We're about to go on another mission trip. We're about to go back to the same good city of Atlanta and have some of the some new experiences with our friends uh, on this earth who are suffering and trying to love them. But one year we went, and I was standing at the way far back of a group, and I could hear one of our people in the group up front just getting blasted, just blessed out and cussed up and down. And I looked at the guy who was the one of the leaders of the group standing beside me, and I said, I'll bet you a dollar that's my wife. And when we got finally back together, my wife came up to me and said, did you hear me getting cussed? <laughs> I mean, like it was like exciting, you know, and I, you got to be, you're going to appear weird when you're willing to get attacked like this, attacked for doing the right thing. Okay. But I need you to own up to something and I need to own up to something that we're not comfortable just having as our everyday thought. It pleased God to crush Jesus. Now, that's, a, that's one of those Bible things that's always been in the Bible. It's been in the Bible longer than the parts about Jesus, if you take my meaning. It's in the Old Testament. It's older than the New Testament. It has been in the Bible longer that God was happy with what was happening. Now, that doesn't mean he was just throwing a party because he was getting to watch his only son be slaughtered on our behalf. But because of the outcome of the cross, God was happy to have it done. And let's face it. If it was us answering that question, I would happily be crushed for my daughter, exactly. for her soul, so the, for her eternity. Exactly. But I can't say that for every single other person on the earth, but he can. And he's asking us to go past that. Amen. So if it made God happy, for, and if you want, that's also, also in Isaiah 53, verse 10, yet it pleased him. The Lord was pleased, and in Hebrew, to crush him completely. To crush him severely, it says in English. To just, uh, it pleased God to obliterate. <laughs> Maybe that's too big of, I don't know. But it, that's foreign to my thinking that, that God was happy with this, but he wasn't happy with what was happening to Jesus as an action. He was happy with the result. Well, then the same is true with you and me. Yeah, you're going to go get fussed at. Yes, you're going to get made to feel uncomfortable, heaven forbid. Yes, they're going to look at you crossway. Yes, something uncomfortable is going to happen. But are you ready? Are you willing to open up your faith to realize God is perfectly happy with that happening to you if in faith you're 
doing is bringing about some glory for someone else. Like Amen. if it's bringing them to him, if it's bringing them to heaven or eternity or whatever, however you want to word that, if it's putting their life back on track with their creator, then God is happy for you to have been a part of that, even if from your point of view or 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 in just reality, it hurt or it was hard or it was being attacked or somebody talked about, I have been drugged through the mud. I have had my reputation assaulted on social media. I have been cussed up and down, as today is an example. And none of that comes close to what type of shame and absurd foolishness I put on the name of Jesus before Amen. I met him. Amen. So it's not like I'm trying to keep score, but we have to recognize that we're trying to get out of life having suffered and been attacked less than our Savior. And we also have to realize just what you started this podcast with, from the second I committed and I said yes, Mm -hmm. it has been pure hell every single day since then. Because It has been nothing but the devil just pouring stuff out on me. Mm -hmm. I allowed myself to go down a road yesterday afternoon with my husband that that I used my mouth when I should have kept it shut Mm -hmm. and said some things and literally stood there in front of my friend and was like, I cannot do a church service. Did you just hear me? I cannot do a church service. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of looked at me and raised her eyebrows up like, well, I think you just need a hush and just do it, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I was thinking in my mind, how am I supposed to do a church service when I can't even control my own self? Mm-hmm. And then last night he said, that's why I want you to do the church mm-hmm. service, because you can't control you. Right. And I have to be a part of that. You have to rely on me and only me, because if you're relying on you, you stink at it, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what we have to remember in this. We have got to remember the second we commit to that kind of lifestyle that we're willing to take on the suffering, but are you going to get it? Here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. But, and we you've got to be ready. Right. But, but, but draw strength from an example like Job. A lot of folks know about Job. If you don't, I encourage you to go. It's long. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Job is a long book of the Bible. But read it or or. or or let someone study it with you, but recognize from very early on, everything that Job dealt with, you and I as the reader know about God's high opinion of Job, that he's even been presented to the devil, as it were, as one of God's best examples of righteous men. He said, have you considered my servant Job? Because that dude is killing it down there. He is doing it exactly the way I want him to. Job doesn't know that. Job just sees it as suffering. Okay, but he's being used and some would say for our benefit now, as an example of, regardless of that, keep faith, keep moving on, keep doing what he's told you to do. There's a lot more in Job than just that, but we we get to see chapter one. We get to see the interaction and what God thinks about Job. Job never knows that. No, we always long for that pat on the back, but we forget exactly how we bring glory to our Father because he's out of sight, out of mind yeah. so often. Well, and the pat on the back came up front. Yeah, I'm not working towards the pat on the back. I got pat already. I got yes. Jesus already. I'm not I'm not earning Jesus. I got Jesus. So yes, man, that one might have been out of no out of left field. But let me just let me just assure you that whatever that area of your life that you know you need to be speaking truth into, you know you need to be living truth into, even though maybe already hurt has been given in that spot, or you've already gotten vile speech, or or somebody doing whatever over you. I, I mentioned that I've had my my reputation. Somebody wanted to just put me on blast on social media. I'm not saying I'm best friends with that person, 
but I still desire that God would be known in their life, and I still I still mourn over over what they might be going through. Like what makes a person do these things? You know, I I guess the word I feel like the church needs so much more over or more of, and we should end. How compassionate are we today? To not just be compassionate as in ignoring wrong, but I'm I love you enough, I'm compassionate enough about your issue that I will bring it up to you and say, This ought not be so. And, and there is a right way. There is a better way. And and I want to go there with you. I want I know how to get to the parts of it I've been to, and I would like to show you that, but I'd like to learn newer ways and further ways with you. And that requires me sticking myself out, being attacked, and remembering that Jesus said to all of those closest to him, the disciples, he said, if they do this to the master, what do you think they'll do to his servants? We're all trying to, if we're honest, we're all guilty occasionally of trying to get out of earth without any suffering. And Jesus said, if they've caused me to suffer like this, what do you think they'll do to you? If the devils come, what do you think he wants to do with the ones who come after me? And like Townsend said, you're going to be on the radar. You're going to, he's going to want to fling it nonstop 24 hours a day. And he's going to want to make your hand the one that flung. And that's what we have to war against. It's not going to be me. I'm going to speak peace. I am going to stay silent. I am going to be the mouthpiece of the Lord. And when somebody asks me to share, I'm going to be filled with terror. And I don't know how to do that. I might not do it right. Who am I to do it? I mean, Townsend's showing you that that in her heart and her mind, she's thinking that her preacher somehow is is worthy enough to do that every week. No, he's not. What's the difference between you and me? Nothing. I'm unworthy to open up the Bible and say, turn to Genesis 4, just like you're unworthy to say, hello, good morning, cowboy church, turn to whatever. You know, none of us doing that are worthy. And yet we've been made worthy. It's not my worthiness, it's the Christ's worthiness in me. So be crucified to the world and recognize that crucifixion is hurt. It's suffering, it's attack by wrong. And it doesn't make any sense. And yet in the midst of that attack, the voice of the Lord will can be heard saying, man, I want that to be right. Man, I want that to be made right. Well, we're the avenues of that. So Amen. whatever that issue might be in your life, because I don't believe any of us are just randomly not dealing with stuff. I, I just want to speak encouragement over you. Just accept it. You, you don't even have to know how it's going to play out, but just accept it and, and be active in it because uh, this is how we change the world. There's a lot of wickedness. There's more wickedness to go around than there are people on the planet and yet there is the body of Christ, and we are the ones who can fight back. We are the ones who are told to wear the armor. And so put it on. Put it on and, and be ready to fight, however amen, that looks. Amen, Thank amen. you all for being here. I really do hope that that first part got played before she spoke because I love this woman to death. And I am super <laughs> proud because she lives out something that, that matters most of all, which is you don't have to be right. You don't have to know it all going in. You got to be willing. And when you're willing... God promised he would do the rest. And so I want to I I celebrate her and encourage all of you. Be willing. Whatever that thing is that he's calling, be willing and watch him do it through Thank you. Thank y'all so much. Y'all have a good one. Be safe. Be well. And remember your assignment between now and next week, regardless of where you go and what you say and do, make sure that what you are about is showing kindness to the world around you because of the kindness Jesus has showed us all. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. 
If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.